Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And Ryan Horvat in Bart Winkler with the day off. We welcome in now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, Mike Clemens. And Mike, sorry, I had to call an audible there. You know, the commercial free hour and radio. Not my favorite, but uh, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Devontae Adams' birthday today. I saw that on Christmas Eve. How about it, huh? Yeah, and so when I asked him about that, because, <clears throat> you know, uh, you always wonder, you know, if guys that are, or women that are born on Christmas, do they get the short end? It's like, yeah. I mean, did, did you get double presents as a kid? Or, or you know, if, if you came from a, a tough background, did you get any presents? Right, you know? right. Um, and he gave me a pretty good answer, though, too. He's like, hey, you know, um, I don't do too much reflecting. I'll be thinking about this Titans game. Um, but you know, he said, Hey, the, the cool thing is now, you know, he's doing so well that he can really pay back to his family. You know, he can focus, he's got a daughter and his, he's married and those kinds of things. So that's, but, you know, he'll spend his, his birthday tonight, you know, maybe just kind of being able to, to think more about family. But that guy is in such a cool spot right now, right? 28 years old. This is probably the peak of his career. Uh, and you know, it, it's you want to see this guy take it to the next level and maybe get himself a Super Bowl ring uh, to add to it. Hey, I found this interesting. I don't know if a lot of people know we got plenty of good NFL football going on. Yeah, you know? seventeen college bowl games have now been canceled because of COVID, but there'll be plenty of NFL tomorrow at three thirty. The Saints host the Vikings, and then Saturday you got three games on Saturday. A noon start for the Buccaneers in Detroit, and then that's followed by uh, I think the uh, 49ers and Cardinals game. Yep, Cardinals are trying to get in uh, a playoff game. The Bears fans are watching that one. If the Cardinals lose, that helps out their uh, attempt to try and get a, one of that last wild card spot. And then Saturday night, the Raiders hosting the Dolphins. That's going to be a fun to one to watch because I have not been able to see the Dolphins much in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but that's an interesting team of what Brian, Brian Flores has done with them. And that kicks off at 5-15. So three good, days on, three good games on Saturday before a full slate on Sunday. And there's so many games, Mike, this week with playoff implications. Like like Pittsburgh, they started the season 11-0, and and it looked like they were going to run away with that division. Now they've lost three straight, including including Monday night, to the Bengals, who were, they were 14.5-point favorites in that game. Now this week, they got to beat the Colts, Granted, at their place in Pittsburgh, but they're coming off three losses and they can't run the football right now. And then week 17, there's a good chance the Browns win the division. They have to go to Cleveland. Most likely that game's going to be Sunday night. 
and beat the Browns in Cleveland, or if Cleveland wins, they win the division. Isn't that crazy? Like, is right. there anything more than normal or 2020 than the Browns winning the division? Right. Yeah. Well, and this is what we love about NFL, man. This is parody. This is what you know, people <laughs> so upset about. How could you? How could you come out that close against the Carolina Panthers? Because it's parody, and because if coaches are doing their job in November and December football. Game plans mm-hmm. make a difference. Exactly. And, and how, how hard you work during the week as a player, studying your individual matchup makes a difference. And some of the players from Green Bay that I talked to this week, you know, they emphasize that this week as well, just in, in their conversations about, yeah, you know, we got a great position coach, but I gotta, there's, I've got to watch my own film and figure out, solve some of the problems on the matchups that I anticipate having. And I got to look at and see, even what they're, you know, if if my guy goes down with an injury, who are they going to throw at me? I have to anticipate that as well. And you talk about those scenarios because, you know, this time of the year, you know, my wife's side of the family, they've got some people from Illinois. Unfortunately, I still married her. I know, uh, I'm from there they, too. You know, the damn Bear fans, they're <laughs> yeah. watching this Cardinals game. You know, yeah, because they're seven and seven now, and the Bears are flying to Florida on Saturday because they're going to play Jacksonville, the Jaguars. And, of course, the Packers fans, they're watching all kinds of games because the Packers can clinch the number one seed in the NFC and a first-round bye with a win and both a Saints and Seahawks loss. So, And that's, that's Seahawks-Rams, right? Yeah, Seahawks-Rams in uh, Sean McVay owns Seattle. I think he's like 5-1 and one in his career against them. He's 5-1 and one against Sean Payton? Uh, oh no no! Uh, I thought uh, Sean McVay is actually five and one. I thought you were talking Rams Seahawks against Pete Carroll. Which, oh, against Pete Carroll. Yeah, which shocked wow, me. Actually, that is shocking. Right. I mean, I like Pete Carroll, but that's how good McVay is. Since that one's over. in Seattle, right? Yeah, that one is in Seattle, though. I still I like the Rams to win, especially coming off that loss to the Jets. I mean, that was shocking. I was hyping up the Rams to be like the true uh, competitor for the Packers and maybe the best team in the NFC, and then they lose to the Jets. <laughs> since the fail Mary game. And then the NFC Championship loss. You know, Packers fans hate Pete Carroll, and they think he's a weasel. I've been around him. Yeah. He's really a hell of a football coach. Yeah. He knows everything that's going on in the building. And not that he's a micromanager. He's just he's totally aware of environment. He wants to know what's going to be going on during the halftime show so that when his players enter back onto the field, the kind of mood that they're into. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't... He doesn't spend a lot of time on it, but he goes to those promotions meetings yeah. on yeah. Thursday afternoon on buildings and grounds just because he wants to know everything that's going on and then figure out how does that affect my players or not. You know, he's extremely competitive, extremely hardworking, and actually, actually a pretty interesting guy when you're standing two feet away from him and he looks you straight in the eye and he'll take two or three questions. You know, so yeah, his player and his players like him, uh, Mike. You know, I'm glad that you brought up the game plan because I went back and I watched uh, the Tennessee Detroit game on Game Pass, and um, Detroit was in the game in the first half, but then Tennessee just blows them away. But I look at Tennessee defensively, and they don't really impress me. They're 31st in the league in pressure rate, and they have a league low 14 sacks. So I'm looking for a big game from Rodgers after getting sacked five times against Carolina. I know you have access to the players. What is going to be the game plan for Tennessee? You know, how do they stop Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams in this game, especially when Adams was held out of the end zone for the first time in eight weeks last uh, last week against Carolina? Well, Ryan, a, a football team is only as good as its weakest link. And not that Kevin Byard is their weakest link, 
But I was impressed because they let us get on some of the uh, teleconferences with some of the, the Titans players. And so, you know, every week uh, when Aaron Rodgers takes on an opponent, there's all this hype both in the building and out the building of your opponents about you're taking on this accurate quarterback and, and weapons like Devontae and Aaron Jones, et cetera, good Packers offensive line. But Mike Vrabel is a former Patriots linebacker. He played all those years under Belichick. And the thing about Belichick is he gets it on a little postcard, note card, you know, with about four or five points that you as an individual, here's what you need to focus on, two or three things when you're playing defense, maybe two things when you're playing on special teams. And so listen to this safety that's on the t- Tennessee defensive game plan for Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. He's obviously one of the top two, top three best quarterbacks in our league right now. He's having an MVP year, just like you stated, 40 touchdowns, only four interceptions. He doesn't really give you a lot of opportunities to get your hands on the ball. So you're going to have to try to force him to some mistakes, which is obviously easier said than done. Uh, I think what you're going to have to try to do our best to try to mix and disguise our coverages, um, really challenge you if he was on the outside because you will see a lot of times on film where they have called run plays, and if he sees a corner five or six yards off, uh, he's just going to throw a nail pass and take the easy yardage, especially uh, throwing it to 17. So I think we're going to do our best job to challenge these guys and be try to be more physical than their entire offense, um, forcing turnovers. I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing in this game. Rather, I mean, obviously you might not have a lot of opportunities to pick the ball off, but, you know, trying to punch the ball out, hammer, raking it out, those things. I think when you look at the games that they've won, uh, they're 10-0 and when they don't turn the ball over, and they're 1-3 when they turn the ball over. So I think that's going to be the biggest stat in the game. I completely agree with what he just said there. Mike, I usually don't get mad about Pro Bowl voting. Last year I was a little upset about the Zadarius Smith snub. This year I am really upset for Robert Tunyon. He's got 10 touchdowns. I think he should be in the game. Do you think it's just because he's not a bigger name? Like, how do, like, for example, how do the Tennessee Titans, how does that secondary, how do they view Tunyon? Do they even know who he is? <laughs> they do now uh, with the prep seat. Because what I love about that, Ryan, is this kid now, it, it's, the coach isn't just saying, we got to get turnovers. Mm-hmm. If you statistically excite that kid and get him to buy in to say, listen, man, Aaron Rodgers is 10 and 0 and they don't have a turnover. When, they, when you do create a turnover, look at his record. Look at his record. That's when they lose games. Yep. And, and so when you're standing out there and it's like, oh, my God, there's Aaron Rodgers and there's NBC and there's Michelle Trefoy and we're on national TV. We're, you know, and that's what happened to the Carolina Panthers the other night. The first quarter or two, LaFleur's running the scripted plays, the execution's outstanding and all that. And then the Panthers just settled down and played loose. And that Rasul Douglas told us after the game, he's their corner, number 24 for the defense, because everybody's asking, oh, what about those halftime adjustments you made on defense to shut down the Packers, all those three and outs that they had? Uh, he said, we didn't make any adjustments. We just started playing ball. <laughs> yeah. Which means, you know, after a while, you just settle in. You're five and nine. Who cares? I'm going to play for the football, man. I'm going I'm to hit people. You know, it's not like we have to be tense and worry about the postseason. We can start taking shots. That's a dangerous team to go against. And when you talk about this tight end position, here's one of the most underreported stories in Green Bay right now. Matt LaFleur's offense, and Nathaniel Hackett has what? A lot of action with tight ends. A lot of 21, two tight ends and a running back. They only got two tight ends right now. I mean, you got Robert Tunyon, and you got 36, 37-year-old Mercedes Lewis, 
But Jay Sternberger is still not practicing. Is that the concussion still, Mike? He got he got kicked in the head Ryan, yeah. in the game against the Eagles. I had the binoculars on him because I actually was watching him that play. Yeah. He stands up. He's at the right hash mark uh, away from the Packers sideline, and he's just standing there. And Brian and Flea and those guys, the, the trainers from the Packers, they immediately ran out to him because you know why? It looked like he was waiting for a bus. It was scary. He yeah. had no idea yeah. where he was. I hate seeing that, man. There was I nothing wrong with his arms. There was nothing wrong with his legs. He was just standing there like, where Where do I, who am I? It was where scary. Do... And they had to go out there and ask, show him to the sideline. He's been, and, you know, I was there that day of the joint practice in 2019 in his rookie season, and he comes over the middle, and they're going against the Texans, and, you know, guys are flying around. It's, it's thud. It's 75%. And this, what was his name, Lonnie Johnson? Yeah. Kind of hot shot corner. He just drills him over the middle because he was like, I mean, he was just there. The ball was hanging over the middle, right. and he pulls it in, and he got drilled in the helmet. It started a fight. The Packers' offensive line immediately went over there and got in the face of the Texans' defense. But that was the first of, I think he had another concussion after that. So here he is now, two and a half weeks later, and he's still going through the protocol. And, you know, I've had those reservations about Jay Sternberger the minute I saw him on the tape from Texas A&M. He's, I, I, it's hard to describe, but he, he's really built more like, like a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and they, they said, yeah, he's young, he'll be a project, you know, we'll get him beefed up. And and now I haven't been around him face-to-face. I've seen him on the field. It looks like he is a little bit bigger. But the bottom line is he's not built like your typical tight end to take those shots over the middle. Now, you know, there's this Dominique Daphne kid that is an undrafted rookie that they brought on after the season started, so we didn't get a chance to really see him in camp. 6'2", 243, number 49, and they had him out there. They elevated him to the roster uh, both on special teams, and he got some snaps. And you know what? I asked LaFleur about him the other day, and he said, uh, no, he's good. Smart kid, responding. He's doing a good job on his teams. He got some limited snaps. But, um, you know, if Mercedes Lewis' knee goes out, that's what you've got. Because I don't, I don't know, you know where Sternberger's at. Yeah. Um, but that's an interesting and perilous situation. As for Robert Tanyan, Bobby Tanyan, this guy gets into the red zone and – you know, he's got that big body. He's got some good hands. Rodgers trusts him. He's got the 10 touchdowns. Like you say, a lot of his teammates say, this dude should have been one of the pro bowlers. So this safety, this Kevin Byard guy, talked about uh, what what their plan is for Bobby Tunyon. Yeah, I think you see a lot of guys come out of college that are, you know, used to be playing in spread offenses. So a lot of these tight ends were, I think even Tanya came in as a receiver and converted to tight end. So you see a lot of receiver like bodies. I mean, these guys are not only they can block, but they can go out there and catch the ball. So I think especially when you see those guys in the red zone, most teams that we've played, uh, their tight ends are top targets in the red zone because they can use their bodies, you know, to box guys out. And, and, but he's a good, he's a really good tight end. Uh, like you say, he has a lot of touchdowns. He's really good at tracking the ball deep down the field. And uh, obviously when you have uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he can put the ball pretty much anywhere he wants to. So 
He's a pretty good tight end. He's going to be a really good challenge for us. Mike, you brought up uh, Devontae Adams earlier. And so Rodgers against Carolina only threw the ball for 143 yards. And Devontae only had 42 receiving yards. I had to go back and look at that again. I was shocked. That was his fewest yards in a full game played this season. Obviously, he left that one game early. He still had seven grabs and ten targets, yeah, but only 42 good. yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he didn't get in the end zone for the first time since week six, so he had that streak broken. Why couldn't they get him the football? Well, they 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 gave him the short stuff, but they went three three five, mm-hmm. and they double team. Sometimes it was practically triple team if you count the linebacker that might be in the flats. There's one times where you see the one play where Adams gets the ball. It's like for two yards. He's immediately swarmed by helmets. Yeah. And it's for two yards, and he, you know, he's, he slams the ball down, spikes it because he's, you know, frustrated. Now this is this is how this got started. Matt Lafleur, guy wants to be an NFL head coach, quarterback coach Matt Ryan with the Falcons. They go to the Super Bowl the one year at Notre Dame, and then he's with Sean McVay and that staff, you know, at the Rams as a quarterback coach. But he needs to be a play caller if he wants someday wants to get that NFL job. He gets hired by Mike Vrabel. And he's the offensive coordinator two years ago. Marcus Mariota has an elbow injury. There's Blaine Gabbard. But they missed the playoffs. And a lot of fans in Nashville question the play calling. And there's some people that wonder if Matt LaFleur might have been on the hot seat at the time he's interviewing with Goody and Mark Murphy for that job. So listen to this, because the discussion with LaFleur was about why they couldn't get Devontae Adams open against Carolina. They did not want us to throw the ball to him. Now we can get more creative in terms of just making sure we're moving him around and putting him in different positions. But, you know, ultimately, it was a game where they were going to not take away the run and, and they were going to take away the pass. So they did, they did a good job. Rob Reichel. Hey, Matt. In your one year in, in Tennessee, I, I think you guys ranked 27th in points, 25th in yards. If, if you hadn't gotten the Packer job in January of 19, was your plan to go back to Tennessee? Yeah. Okay. Were you looking other places too, Matt, or were, were, were you 100% going back? Yeah. Bill Huber? Hey, Matt. I'm kind of... I don't understand that. You know, when you're under contract in a place, like, there are no options. You know, so uh, I don't know where that came from. Hey, Mike, really quick, has, has LaFleur been in a bad mood this week? He, he seems really edgy. Do you think it's because he's facing his former team? He's kind of pissy this week, no? Uh, this is the way he is when he faces <laughs> his former teams. I love uh, it. <laughs> or or he, this is the way he was the week of the Bucks. Too, yeah. By the way. Yeah. It's... So you can, you can hear a little bit of tension there. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he touched a nerve there. That's okay. That's all right. Let's we, let's get the story out. Right, right, exactly. Oh, Mike, I wanted to talk a little bit about the defensive side of the ball. I've taken a lot of phone calls today on Kevin King. People are worried about Kevin King. I'm, we keep talking about Derrick Henry, and I think he's going to have a huge game against this Packers run defense. I'm almost more worried about the receivers. A.J. Brown, big, tall, physical. Yeah. Uh, Corey Davis is uh, having a career Brown is year. a little questionable right now. I think he's got an ankle, but yeah. we'll see if he gets on the practice field today. Go ahead. Oh, no, what's going on with Kevin King, though? People think he looks slow out there. All right, here's one thing. Um, Josh Jackson, inactive again. Because, and LaFleur said, yeah, he's not showing up on special teams. This is a second-round pick. Is he a healthy scratch? Is he just, is he hurt? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. So even though when King was down with that quad for four or five games and Josh Jackson did okay in the coverage, okay, he's, right now he's getting beat by Kadar Holman. Jeez. And safety Henry Black, 
who's the gunner on the teams, who, by the way, Sean Meninga loves. You know, they, these undrafted guys that are replacing your second-round pick for teams and back up in the secondary. Then there's Kevin King opposite the pro bowler, Jair Alexander. And, of course, Kevin had the injuries in 17 and had to get surgery for the shoulder. Then in, in 18, in 19, he had a great season. You know, he played like 10, 12 games in a row mm-hmm. and was part of that 13-3 and three season, had a good year. But then he, get the, he gets the quad this, this year, and then a setback on a Friday practice where he tweaks his Achilles. So when Chris Barnes whaps that ball out of Teddy Bridgewater's uh, hand when he's trying to go over top and the one-yard line, the ball's on the ground, Kevin King picks it up. He's supposed to have 4-4 speed. How come he got tagged from behind from those two receivers? We asked his coach, Jerry Gray, the defensive back, is that quad or Achilles still playing? Is he playing hurt? To me, uh, you know, just looking at that, when he picked that fumble up, and, and you could be a 4-4 guy, but if there's two guys chasing you that are 4-3 and 4-2, they're probably going to catch you. And, and it took them 50 yards to catch him. So I think that was a good sign. But, but uh, you know, 11 can run. I mean, he, he's like really, really fast. And so is 12. So I thought those guys did a great job of, you know, tracking him down, not letting him score for a touchdown. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, Kevin and I talked about is that, you know, doing, doing especially during the offseason, he had went through a, uh, you know, went through a surgery uh, and, and, and fought his way back. And then I thought he'd have a really good training camp. The biggest thing that we got to keep doing, he's missed five games. He's really now getting back into the stride of what, what he's missed, you know. And, and so just think if he hadn't missed those five games, now he's, he, he would probably hit his stride by now. To me, I, I'm looking at what he's doing, and he's trying to do the right thing. And, and, you know, of course, get treatment, do all those things. But in the long run, I think he's going to be fine, you know, especially down the stretch for us. I really hope he's ready to go and he's ready to hit because, uh, Mike, I haven't slept all week because I have nightmares about Derrick Henry. And I know we only got a couple minutes, but I have to ask you about Derrick Henry. He uh, – He's rushed for over 100 yards in five of his last six games. He had 222 yards against the Jags, 152 against Detroit. I saw a stat that on the road, he's rushed for over 100 yards in nine consecutive road games in the regular season, one short of the record that was set by Barry Sanders back in 1996. That's how good he is right now. And I have not interviewed him, but you know what? He's 6'3", 247. That's old school. He's a linebacker. That's, that's Ellerson yes. size. Because most of these guys are about 5'10", right? You yeah. Know? I mean, AP, Adrian Peterson, he's built differently. But this guy's almost like trying to bring down, you know, an old-school linebacker or so. So the question comes down to fundamentals. And there's a stat that's out from ESPN that says, okay, your Packers defense is good at at, uh, diagnosing and getting to the ball, but they are one of the worst after initial contact, you know, a break a runner breaking free. For example, Delvin Cook. And, uh, and, you know, against the Vikings. And Mike Patton was asked to talk about their troubles still tackling on the Packers' defense. Uh, yeah, just, you know, we haven't tackled well enough. I mean, by our standards, I mean, we, we track missed tackles. And, and uh, you know, some games we've been okay, but, but typically we've, you know, we've had some that are, that are uh, not, uh, not up to our standards. So, um, no, that's something that we, that we talk about that, that – um, I think our guys do a good job play recognition and getting there, but we got to make sure that we that we finish the play, that we're not getting making contact and and then allowing you know, three, four, five yards afterward or 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 miss. And we've and we've had problems where you know sometimes we didn't you look at the you look at the other night uh, where late in the game you know we had we had three guys on a converging on a slant route 
that that should have been a uh, you know an easy play to get them on the ground and 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 we didn't wrap and next thing you know it's a, it's an explosive play so you know those are all things that we got to make sure that, that that we're we're on point with you know that that skilled players are, are too good in this league to to think that we can just not wrap and and uh, or grab cloth and get them to the ground and and that's something that that uh, you know that, that we 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 make we got to make sure we emphasize and and uh, and be better. Now they better tackle this weekend. Mike, thanks so much, man. Have a great holiday. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great Christmas. That's Mike Clemens joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan, as you feel an anxious, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. I didn't even get to all my stuff today. I could do another five hours. I'm going to tweet at the station right now and see if they'll allow me to do that. I didn't get to all my stuff. Can I do another five hours today? Um. Weekend picks. I got to give out some picks for those that want them. I won't give a whole lot of background. I won't need to give any trends or numbers. I'll just give you what I played already. I like the Steelers on the money line. Uh, they've lost three straight after starting 11 and 0. This game's at home. On the look ahead line, they opened up as three point favorites. A lot of overreaction, obviously, as the Steelers lose to the Bengals as 14 and a half point favorites. Meanwhile, the Colts come off a seven point victory over the Texans. They're looking really good right now. Phillip Rivers had his highest quarterback rating since I believe like week three or something like that. He's playing great football. Jonathan Taylor looks like he's the goods. The Colts look good. I don't care. I'm going with the Steelers to win that game. I'm taking the Rams money line. Sean McVay doesn't lose against Pete Carroll. He's five and one in his career against him. Make that six and one Rams win. I'm going to go with the saints tomorrow to cover the seven points. I do think the saints pick up the victory. Can't really get into why all, all I can't really get into that. I like a teaser. I like teasing the Saints and the Bears together, and then I like the Giants plus eleven, which I know sounds crazy. So those are my NFL picks for you guys. If you are into that sort of thing, also I got some Christmas Day bets. I like the Bucks to cover the seven and a half against the Warriors. I like the Pelicans as five point dogs on the road in Miami. Put a little sprinkle on the money line. I think that they beat the Heat. I'll be on the Clippers money line. Revenge game against the Nuggets. The Nuggets made them the embarrassment of the league in the bubble. I think they get it done. And then I hate to bet against Luka and the Mavs, but I'm going to go with the Lakers right now. Six and a half point favorites. I think the Lakers win that game by 10 on Christmas Day. Special thanks to Evan Heffelfinger for filling in, producing the show. I hope you guys all have a very merry Christmas. Stay safe. Take care of each other. And I'll see you guys Monday morning, or you'll hear from me, whatever. That's the Bart Winkler Morning Show. I'm back Monday morning here on The Fan. SSP Milwaukee, a radio.com sports station. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.